We tell stories so grand of this vast, timeless land, and they call it Sunday with Magga. This is Faye Bucala. I'm calling from Brisbane. Yes, Faye. I'm one of the war brides that married the Yankee sailor that called you about 12 months or two years ago. I'm also an ex-service woman from the Second World War. I was a wireless telegraphist in the Air Force, and I'm 94, and I'm just wondering, there wouldn't be too many of us left, I don't think, from that era. No, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't think so, Faye. I was eighteen, uh, twenty when I got married. Eighteen when uh, I joined the air force. Yeah. Uh-huh. And uh-huh. Faye, you obviously went to live in America and then came back here. Is that the story, or what? I have. I've lived there twice, and my two sons were born there, and I came back here, and my two daughters were born here. So I have a half and half family. <laughs> Half and half. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that lovely? I lost my husband very young. He was only 40. He had three heart attacks. I didn't know whether to call or not. Just so very busy all the time. But I thought, yes, oh, I but will it's, be. You've got to call. Lovely to talk to you, Faye. Thank you. I worked in Doug MacArthur's headquarters here during the war. Oh, did, you call, did you call him Doug? No, but I rode up in the list with him one day. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much for taking the call. That's a pleasure. Easter. I'm sleepy in your but I I love Sunday morning. Switch on and lie back in bed. The city, the scrub, and the farmer in the pub, they love it all over Australia. There's a radio show that Australians all know. If you're rich or you ain't got a cracker. They tell stories so grand of this vast, timeless land, and they call it Sunday with Macca. They all call it Sunday with Macca. Yeah, they all call it Sunday with Macca. Young Diggy. Get on with it, Macca. I've got so many things to tell you. Good morning and welcome. That was Faye last week. And this came in from Steve. Uh, He says, um, Steve Hassett, he says, to listen to that call today from that 94-year-old lady was inspirational. She represents a shrinking group of people who did their duty in World War II and are still with us. Could we hear more from her in future episodes? <laughs> episodes, like a serial, this girl. It's like a play. Somebody described it as a play. We write this play every Sunday morning. I don't know what direction the conversation would take, but it's an opportunity that won't last forever. Australia should hear what she has to say, says Steve Hassett. Steve, I'll try and do that. I'll try and get to Brisbane shortly, actually, and see my mate Stan and others. Um... Good morning, says Owen. Uh, recently reconnected with the show. I absolutely love it and will definitely give you a bell one morning. I work weekends and it's the best listening during the commute. Um, says Owen. Thank you, Owen. Uh, tomorrow, the day tomorrow, the 29th of April, is the day that Captain Cook arrived in Botany Bay. Kel, did you know that? You did. Oh, you actually told me, didn't you? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Look, i tell you what I was doing during the week oh, a couple of days ago. Cleaning, well, just cleaning up, and I've got junk and stuff, just stuff. Anyway, I came across some books, university books. One was called One Dimensional Man. See, I did a, a subject called Government for a couple of years at uni. <laughs> Herbert Marcuse. And I opened it. <laughs> Talk about all Greek to me. And speaking of which, Greek Easter. Uh, last night, Midnight Mass. We'll do the Greek thing this morning as well. And, and the other book I came across was Tom Wolfe's uh, Radical Chic and Mau Mau and the Flat Catchers, which is sort of the exact opposite of Herbert Marcuse's One Dimensional Man. Such unbelievable stuff. How we. I don't think I actually read it at uni because I just made decisions at uni about 
what I was going to read and what I wasn't going to read, and that was a lot of bunkum and that wasn't. So um, Herbert was one of the ones that I uh, I got to. I did about twelve pages, and that was uh, yeah, put Herbert aside. But I just browsed through it, and I was laughing all the way through it. Um, it's it's very very actually it's very two thousand and nineteen Herbert and all the stuff that's going on and all the virtue signalers that are around the place. It's very it's very Herbert really. We had all that stuff, and we had lecturers who, you know, told us all about that sort of stuff. It's a wonder I survived university, really, Sydney University. Mm. Uh, different places now, aren't they? Um, Thirteen hundred seven hundred triple two. That's our number. Quickly, uh, Liz says we did a road trip through Billawila in June, Roma, Mitchell, out to Charleville, and back through Cunnamulla, St George, and Moree. We always support the local towns, and the trip we had um, on this trip, we had the cream bun challenge. <laughs> A cream bun from all the bakeries along the way. Bad for the waistline, but very yummy. Roma won our challenge with Bill Wheeler, the runner-up. <laughs> the cream bun challenge. Doesn't it sound delicious? But the cream horn challenge. I told you, these cream horns that I used to get from this shop, which is now closed, in West Guildford. Just absolutely priceless. Two of those with a couple of cups of tea. Um, Irish breakfast tea and, um, yes, strong without milk. Just unbeatable, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Unbeatable. On the line, is, uh, who rang before uh, the news, is Rex Ellis, and he was on a mobile. We've got him on the landline, I hope. Rex, good morning. Yeah, good day again, Ian. See, <laughs> the difference is remarkable, Rex. If you're listening, ladies and gentlemen, before, it's one of my pet... The phone systems are just... I don't know. I remember a call years ago on on analog phones from from Japan, and look, I'm this was in about nineteen, I don't know, nineteen eighty eight or something like that. And this lady called from Japan in nineteen eighty eight, and it was clear as a bell on the phone you're on. But anyway, back to you, Rex. Uh, Rex has just been dancing last night. He's a dancing fool, Rex. He loves to dance, but um, <laughs> he's been somewhere else. Tell us where you've been, Rex. Yeah, well, I've, I've just yeah, about a week ago I came back from from uh, attempting to do a, another Cali Cooper trip, which is actually people get it mixed up with the Cooper Cooper Creek. It's nothing to do with it's nothing to do with the Cooper. It's spelled K A double L A K double O P A H. Cali Cooper, yep. And, and yeah, and what it is, it's a giant outer branch of the Warburton, and um, and it runs right out into the Simpson Desert and sort of rejoins the Warburton back down near the mouth of Lake Eyre. And it's a special river, all right? It's, um, it's, a, real, it's, a, it's a real desert river. I've only ever been, up, been down it three times, and every time I do it, I think, oh, that's going to be the last time, but it just keeps happening, Ian, this rain and stuff. And, and it's got to be a really big Warburton River for the, for the Calicuba to flow, and what happens is that most of the water gets in it by going over a sort of a large sort of about a 3k sandbar sort of thing mm. um, and there's only a window, a short window of opportunity to get into it and up the top end of it and it makes it about a 600 odd k round trip in the boats you know because you go down the Warburton to the lake and then you come back up, the sorry down the Cali Cooper in the lake to the lake and then you come back up the Warburton and so anyway um, this trip was supposed to be that but You've got to judge it, and um, 
and I got it. I got it wrong a bit by about four or five days. So there's about four different places you can sort of get into it. Um, the first one's probably the easiest, but if you miss that, there's there's, there's three other sort of creeks that sort of if you get on the right channel, you can you can actually get into it. But none of these creeks had enough water. I kept running out of water, so I realised that I was, that I missed the boat this time or missed the river. So we sort of thought, oh well, we'll just we'll go down the Warburton like we normally do down to the lake. And um, uh, so we did that. And but it was on a falling river. All just despite all that rain, the river was falling, you know, falling quite a lot. It fell about probably 18 inches in the three days or three or four days that it took to get down to the lake. Wow. And but then I thought, well, after we went out onto the lake, this little island that I came out on out there, we we came back and I thought, well, we'll go up the Warburton as much as we can, you know, go up it, and then say for three days, and then do a U and come back down it with a current for two days. Yeah, do a U E on the Warburton. Yep, yeah, yeah, go on. Yeah, oh, sorry, <laughs> on the Cali Cooper. Yeah, the sorry, Cal- I'm getting mixed up here. You're right. You're right. Yeah, and so so that's what we did. But you've got to get up. When you get up the Cala Cooper, about 10, 15 k's, there's um, another river coming in, the Macumba. Yeah. You know, that comes in, it sort of rises up in the Udadada region, and it's not a not a very long river. And But this one wasn't flowing, because that country's still really dry up there, so this wasn't flowing. But it has flowed, you know, in recent years, and what it does, it puts a whole lot of mud and rocks at the mouth. Well, there's actually a couple of mouths of this river. It puts a couple of... Uh, couple of dumps of like yeah road metal into the into the channel of the cooper the Cali cooper so that when you're coming down it it's always pretty tricky getting through there there's a lot of turbulent water and stuff you know for a few hundred meters where each of these mouths come out um so we got up we got up there but we couldn't couldn't get past it because the Cala Cooper, I noticed that was dropping a fair bit too and I was a little bit concerned because I thought if we get up past the mouth of that Macumba, we're going to be trapped, you know, and um, so, and we couldn't actually get up past there and I decided not to anyway, even if we could. Sounds a bit complicated then, doesn't it, all this? <laughs> oh, where, with you? where with you? Where, 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 yeah. where with you, Rex? Yeah, well, <laughs> so anyway, I... Uh, I couldn't get through there, so I turned around and we came back out of it. Um, but we sort of had a bit of a look at the Cutter Cooper, and it was, it's very interesting going up that river from that end because it's just a maze of channels everywhere and swamps. But it's all very fascinating. Um, and so we came back down to the Warburton, and then we went back up the Warburton, which was which was really falling quite fast it surprised me because you know with the amount of rain that has been i just thought it, it would hold better yeah and i only just got back in a couple of days later i probably would have got stranded and i got back and i bugged up one prop getting into the camp you know with, with, with rocks in the river um but that was all right but the interesting thing that's happening now is that the bird life they just haven't most of the the birds that you would normally see the water water birds uh, they just haven't they just haven't arrived, or if they have arrived, there's only sort of forward scouts, you know. Yeah, because I played and a grab last week um, uh, from a bloke. When I remember the last time the the lake was filling, 
um, and he was uh, he obviously had an English background, but he and he rang me and he said, you know, I don't know, but um, where the birds hear this, but they're they're here, you know, within days or weeks of uh, the the lake starting to fill. There's pelicans and yeah. cormorants and everything, but they haven't arrived, uh, Rex. Yeah, well, the first trip I went down uh, a month or so ago, um, you know, we're only about a week behind the flood, and there were very few birds then, and that can that's can be fairly normal because it takes a while for the word to get around, or however they hear about it. And um, but the interesting thing then, we went down, and we saw maybe uh, eight or ten black kites, but two days later, when we we're coming back up the river, there were hundreds and hundreds. You couldn't count them, so they got the message all right. But we only saw about 30 pelicans, which was unusual because they generally get there pretty quick. And coming down this time, we saw less than 200, well, maybe 150 pelicans, which is just nothing. You know, yeah. you normally see thousands. And there were a whole other suites of birds, you know, that weren't, weren't there, uh, that would normally be there. Amazing, and, isn't it? Um, yeah, I tried, to be, I tried to contact Richard Kingsbridge, you know, the bloke that flies well, over. Yeah, he prob- he's probably listening this morning. Um, yeah, he might be. In, yeah, he in, might have a clue on this. Yeah, yeah. interesting, um, interesting. And and uh, look, to do what you've done up the Kelly Cooper and the Macumba, uh, we'll never do it, Rexy. We'll, we'll all have to go with you, Wonder. We'll do a, go on some big expedition with you, Rex. Be, yeah, I'm not going to live forever, though, Ian. No, well, in, if we don't do that, we'll... we'll, we'll have a dance somewhere, Rex, in, in, in Morgan or somewhere. Find a hall. Yeah, that's probably, probably easier, yeah. Find a hall and we'll be there, mate. All right. Yeah, right on. Good on you, Rex. Nice to talk to you. Yeah, thanks, Ben. Thanks for ringing back on the yeah. normal phone. Yeah, no worries. Barbara is at Avoca. Is that right, Barbara? Yes, that's right, Macca. Avoca, Avoca Station. Yes, at, w- the home, at the homestead at Avoca Station. Where's that? For- um, it's just upriver from Wentworth, from near the confluence of the Murray and the Darling Rivers. We're right on the Darling, and we're one of the lucky ones because of the weir at Wentworth. We, we still have water in the Darling, and that's why we are inundated with the, the native animals. Wow, I was us. telling to your producer, I said it's like Jurassic Park here at the moment. <laughs> we have got so many kangaroos, echidnas, and goannas. It's just, it's just amazing. Oh. And the lawns have just been eaten, and we've got now Rupu lawns. Instead of grass, well, um, put it, put eaten, it. we've got some citrus trees. They've eaten all the bark off the citrus trees, and they've even eaten the um, the roses and the agapanthus. Anything in sight that's green. Well, Barbara, I've, I find that when you put uh, kangaroo poo on your gardens, it grows in leaps and bounds. Oh, well, that, <laughs> that's what we're hoping, Macca, when we finally get some rain. <laughs> but at the moment, we, have, we do have you know, several guests that come here, and it's a great tourist attraction now with all the animals we have here. But uh, the bird, And the bird life too, but I think that they're obviously coming because there is water in the river. Which is which is great, but we haven't had any rain, and of course we're hand feeding our horses, our horses and what have you. So that's a bit, it's, you know, it's it's becoming beyond a joke now. You know, it was it was quite good there for a while, but it's just been we haven't had really any decent rain for about three years. No, it's, and it's patchy. There's rain around because I just read it. You might have heard the weather report. I read there's a bit of rain here and up around Cobar. They've had some. Oh and, yes, we watch we'll, it. We'll, <laughs> it, and, goes, and we'll, it goes right round. We yeah. watch it all the time. But uh, here in Wentworth, you know, around Wentworth and this area, it's just it's just so dry. Uh-huh. But uh, as you say, the weather's lovely, but <laughs> we we just need the rain. Yeah, all right. uh, I've not seen so many echidnas ever. Really? Yes, yes, it's incredible. I wonder what that is. 
I, mean, oh, it's, I think it's just because the water is here in the Darling, and I think you know there's a bit of bit of moisture there, and they're obviously sort of going up and down along the along the you know the riverbanks, and I think that's probably why it's attracting them that way. And of course, with the roos, the same thing. But and I've never seen so many different roos. You know, we've always had the you know the western greys and those, but there's all the big reds, there's all sorts here now, wallabies and what have you. It's nice seeing them, but I'm sick of them ruining all the trees and, you know, everything. It's yeah. just, but, you know, for them to eat the agapanthus, that they have to be desperate. You know, oh, and the other thing that they did, because of the old homestead, yeah. the doors, we've got, we've got one of the verandas has got wire around it. And some of the doors are the old doors that don't close properly. And one night they actually came in the veranda and ate all my pot plants. They actually opened the doors and came and made the pot plants. That was the end. <laughs> so I thought, that's it. So now I have to put little hooks on all the doors at night to make sure that they can't get the doors open. Good on you, Barb. Nice to talk to you. Okay, thanks, Maka. <laughs> Good luck. Bye. Bye. Hi, Ian. It's Lynn Silver here, and I'm over in Borneo on the side of Mount Kinabalu with 19 Aussies who've just been to Anzac Day. Oh, wow. How's things? Tell us. Oh, terrific. We've got a very interesting group. They range in age from their late 20s to late 70s. The late 70s are pretty fit guys. They come from the land up in Queensland, uh, one from Tambo and one from Durambandi, and they've never been outside Australia before. So you can imagine the reaction of getting an aeroplane and lobbing into Borneo as your first overseas trip. Yeah, well, you've been there many times, Lynn. Uh, what, Mount Kinabalu, is that what you... Is that what it's called? Yes, it's the second highest peak in Southeast Asia, not counting Papua New Guinea. And how high is that? And, uh, oh, about 14,000 feet. Wow. And um, it's where the Death March ended. It, the, the Death March finished on the side of Mount Kinabalu. The, the Death March had took the lives of 1,000 people, and from which only six escaped, as I think some of the listeners know. Um, the other 1,400 Australian and British died back at the camp at Sundakan. They never actually left. Uh, so we've been following in the footsteps of these various relatives who died at various places along the way, and we stop and I get them to the nearest spot possible as to they died, and it's, it's very emotional for them. Lynn, I know um, that you're concentrating on what you do there, but are there other groups that go over from, say, Australia to Borneo to, to commemorate Anzac Day in some way, or is it... Uh, just yeah, so you more, alone. More, more, well, no one else does what we do, but mm. there's general groups. You know, they might come for a different reason and they just slot Anzac Day into it. So, we've I've now been bringing a group of up to twenty people for twenty years. Mm. And uh, when we started off back in uh, 1999, I had sixteen people, a little tiny uh, dictaphone with the last post on it, and a couple of cheap those silky cheap flags you can buy strung on a bit of washing line between two trees. And we stood there in the jungle uh, with all the birds and uh, it was very amazing. Uh, we did that and uh, with the help of you and other ABC um, news programs, we managed to raise the profile of this place sufficiently by 2008 to have the Australian government take over and to um, conduct a more formal uh, service. And now we have bands and kind of flock parties and proper flagpoles and, and the are, whole works. what are the locals... Uh What's their reaction? What do they think? Well, they come along because, you see, 15% uh, of Sabah was lost under Japanese occupation. These were civilians. And, of course, the local people had tried to help the Aussie prisoners of war in the camp and had suffered terribly. You know, they were beaten and tortured and sent to jail. And eight were shot by firing squad for uh, being involved with them. So they have a great affinity 
to us and to Anzac Day, and they turn up. The girl guides all get up at some ungodly hour of the morning like we do and form a guard of honour in the dark leading up to the park. So they're very behind us, and um, I think it's the combined suffering of the mm-hmm. people of Sabah and people of Australia which bring them very much together. All right, Lenny, good on you. Nice to talk to you. Thanks for your call. Okay, and anyone who's got a relo over here with me, we're all fine. Fittest fiddles, and I'm taking them on a walk through the jungle today along part of the Death March walk. I can't come, I'm busy, but I'll, I'm with you in spirit. Yeah, you've been saying that. I'm going to be dead before you ever come over here. <laughs> Good on you, Lynn. Nice to talk to you. Thanks, Ian. Bye. Bye. Morning, Macca. Good morning. Yeah, good morning. I'm I'm a part of a group going down to Cooper Creek from Windora down to Inaminka. All right. Uh, it's about a 600-kilometre canoe trip. And, uh, What's your name? Bill, my name's John Hammond, and we've got Bill Starr and Jeff Hay and Sid Wright. Um, we're uh, going unsupported, so you can't we have no support at all for the, for the three weeks we're travelling down. Um, and, uh, yeah, the, the river's sort of 10 to 60 kilometres wide, and we're having to... Uh, follow the channels sort of deeper in, so you can't go to uh, to the edge of the river to find a campsite. Mm. Um, so it's a very, very impressive sort of a, a natural event with the Cyclone Trevor dropping that huge amount of water in southwestern Queensland, and then that's for going into Thompson and the Barcoo and then uh, into the the uh, Cooper Creek itself. What an amazing! Did you say it's ten? The Cooper's ten to sixty k's wide. Yeah, that's right. It's it's a, it's called the Channel Country, and uh, it's just massive. You can't. It's hard. We don't. We can't believe how big and impressive it is when we're in it. We we still can't believe what we're seeing. And um, and, and, and how do you camp at night? Oh, camping at night's been a fairly big issue because the river sort of floods out over floodplains, and um, you you flat out finding a bit of level ground. Last night we entered a, a place called the Big Swamp, and it goes through. Lignums that are, uh, you know, probably 60 kilometres wide almost, and uh, just managed to find a sand dune to camp on. Um, but uh, so that was pretty, pretty, yeah. But I, starts, I, uh, I, I suspect if you find a sand dune, uh, the snakes and wallabies or whatever have also found that sand dune, have they? Ah, <laughs> uh, well, the snakes haven't been too much of a problem. Actually, seen one or two, but um, no, ants have been a problem. And uh, when we left Windora, the mosquitoes and flies were ferocious. Um, but as we've gone down, the mosquitoes haven't been too bad, but the flies have been pretty amazing. We, uh, had, we had one we had one stop. We stopped at Durham Down Station, and uh, John and Michelle Cobb sort of gave us a shower and a bit of lunch, which was really nice. Um, but otherwise, we, you know, the only way to get us out is by helicopter. And, John, you wanted to do this because of this weather event that's happened recently, and you wanted to have yeah. a look at it? Yeah, we planned it about two years ago, and we've got sponsorship from Australian Geographic, which is really nice. Um, and uh, yeah, we just uh, had planned about two years ago, and we're just waiting for the correct flood. And mostly the rains occur in summer, so January or December, January, February, and uh, that heat then is so colossal that coming down would have been horrific. But oh. we managed to get this late, late flow. There you go. And John, what do you do for a living? I'm a veterinary surgeon uh-huh. uh, in Berry, and uh, yeah, so. Because the river itself, when you're in the river, it's fantastic. The the, the, the trees and the bird life are just brilliant. Uh, so probably the first 200 kilometres on the channel we were on, because there's lots of channels, the budgies were in there, you know, millions probably. Wow. That's a, yeah, it's a, that's a sight I've seen, but not in their millions. But, yeah, they're like a cloud, aren't they, on the horizon? 
Well, yeah, we've had them. As we've gone along, they're chitter-chattering along in all of their little groups, and it's a constant thing as you're travelling along. But, um, yeah, the river itself is really, really like it's a, the whole system is a natural um, a river that's uh, not dry. It's just a natural river. There are very few of those rivers left. Um, yeah, so the water tastes great. Um, I must say, we've been drinking the water from the time we've left. Um, we should be there, mate. That's a fairly dangerous thing, I suppose, doing what you're doing because you're out there and you're not supported and you're miles from anywhere. Yeah, it is fairly dangerous. I've been thrown out of my canoe three times because of the current grabbing me and throwing me into trees and then either my boat's going to fill with water or I get out. Wow. Um, but um, as we've gone along, it felt, it felt a little less dangerous. We've got a brilliant current. So it's a massive natural event that sort of is a secret, really, that people was hard to know about because it's uh, inaccessible. Yeah, I remember years ago, um, it might have been 10, 20 years ago, and there was a flood and water event and, and, and up north of, um, was it north of Renmark? And people were telling me, they were up somewhere up there and just telling me about water and water. It is, when you see a, a, a natural event, uh, John, John who's on the mm. Cooper this morning, ladies and gentlemen, which is ranging from 10 to 60 k's wide. When you see a natural event, whether it's a storm or a flood or terrible winds or watching a drought just baker, it's it's it's... What's the word? It's um, it's humbling, isn't it? In lots of ways. Yeah, it is humbling. Yeah, it's sort of a we we've had a very limited view of the river because we're in the channel yeah. and we're just looking at the trees and the trees are fantastic. Actually, really beautiful, you know, trees all along, all the way along because they're getting a, a brilliant drink. But um, it's about six hundred kilometres from Windora down to Inaminka, so it's a long way, and uh, we'd be very pleased to finish this trip. But uh, so it's been. Uh, so where are you now? We're about three days out of Inaminka. We're just uh, heading towards Napa Mary and, uh, and Inaminka, so we've, uh, we're still in Queensland, and after a while we'll, we'll go into South Australia. But, um, yeah, the reason we've been managed is because um, Bill Starr sort of plotted this, this channel uh, amazingly through all this maze of swamps and trees, and, and the channel, God, I can't, we can't explain, describe how the channel twists and turns and almost goes back on itself, and but we've followed that channel all the way. And uh, it's got us, got us here. Otherwise, you just couldn't do it. The um, without that sort of really detailed um, GPS plotting, you wouldn't be able to get through. And what's Bill's uh, story? What's his? What does oh, he Bill's do? Bill's a, a, a communications and telephone person in Berry, and uh, he's uh, he's our leader, and uh, he's done a brilliant job. He's also made all our meals. <laughs> so Bill's um, the most you know, important man. The most important thing, our meals have been really pretty special, actually. We sort of dried them up and cry back them and uh, we've yeah, and added water. You can't catch fish there, I suppose, or can you? Yes, uh, Jeffrey, Jeff Hayes has tried to catch fish, but uh, he's lost his, uh, his lure once or twice and he's just given up. I think there's such a massive volume of water coming down that uh, the fish are so dilute. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so fishing's not been too good, but uh, otherwise, uh, yeah, we're very, very, very... You know, impressive the the, the the beauty and naturalness and the, the health of the Cooper system with this flood. It's really really impressive, actually. John, it's a pleasure to talk to you. I'm sure everyone around Australia who's listening this morning feels um, a privilege uh, yeah. to be. Uh, we're almost with you with uh, a sore bum, of course, in a, in a canoe. <laughs> yeah, thanks very much, Maka. It's been brilliant. Thank you for talking to us. It's, it's fantastic. You keep in touch. Maybe ring us next week and, and you'll be relaxing in a banana chair drinking a pina colada or something, won't you? I, I hope so. Yeah, thanks very much, Maka. Pleasure. Bye. Bye.
G'day, this is Macca. Uh, Macca, Dick Smith here. Oh, g'day, Dick. Yeah, Macca, I'm in the Australian all over Cessna uh, Caravan to give you a flood report. Oh, tell me, where are you? Uh, we're on Air Creek at the moment. We're heading sort of towards Big Red. Air Creek uh, it runs north or south to north. I should say north to south to the west of Birdsville. And the waters come down from the Barkley Cable land and then through the area of Paduri and Bullia. And it actually cuts back. Maggie, you can't believe this. We're looking at it now. It cuts back through the sand hills towards the Simpson Desert. And then it goes south, and I'm now trying to find out where the floodhead is, but I think it's just south of the border with South Australia. Yeah, we, we had a call early this morning, uh, or earlier this morning, one from uh, Rex Ellis rang us about uh, the Cali Cooper and the Macumba uh, and uh, the Warburton, but also we had a call from John who's on the Cooper in a canoe and he says it's from 10 to 60 k's wide. He's in Queensland at the moment, but heading to South Australia, there's water everywhere. Yeah, there is. Look, it's amazing the amount of water. I think you can get down the Burswell track from the north because you walk past, you, you actually take a shortcut and go around the Lake Makati. But what's interesting, of course, later on today we'll fly over Cooper Creek, but remember there's three big entries into Lake Eyre, one from the north, which is the water where Rex has been, and then, of course, there's the Cooper coming in, and then this one, Air Creek, it's got a tremendous amount of water in it, and I'd say the bird life is going to be staggering. I'm not sure if those crossing the Simpson Desert will cross it, because we can't, we can't estimate the depth of the water in Air Creek. Um, Rex says that um, the bird life is not nearly as great as he thought it would be. Maybe it'll improve, but um, he said there might be 100 or 200 pelicans, but at this time there should be thousands and thousands of them. Yeah, look, Rex is the expert, and he'd know, but I, I remember once before, about 30 years ago, I saw water like this, and within weeks, the amazing thing is the seagulls get the message. See, they've got some type of a really uh, internet system, Macker, uh, and they communicate all around Australia, and they all head for Lake Air because there's so much fish. So where did you where, where did you take off from this morning, Dick? We just took off from Macker, went to the... Winton Way Out West Festival. Now, mate, you're not a real Australian until you've gone to that. <laughs> Give us a it break. Was, it was Madison Square Garden. They had this stage set up. must have cost about $3 million. And we listened to Missy Higgins and John, John Williamson. And of course, Jack Morgan, my favourite, was a fantastic night. And they put it on every year. Everyone should come. Yes, exactly, exactly. So that's finished today, has it? Yeah, I think it's going today. I think it might even go tomorrow. I'm not sure, but we have to get back to Sydney. This is the last flight of the trusty Cessna caravan that you and Lee have been in. It's been sold, and I've got a replacement. Oh, there you go. All right. Uh, good on you, Dick. So what uh, what uh, altitude are you at at the moment? Right, we're flying at 3,000 feet, heading south, looking down. It's amazing, Air Creek. It's formed a proper river with trees on either side. I'd say we're almost now to the west of Birdsville, heading south 3,000 feet, doing 146 knots ground speed. That's about 280. And we're in sort of a low overcast of, you could almost call it smog, but I think it's water evaporating into dust. But it's still, you can still see about 30 or 40 k. 
You better send us a photo, Dick, if you get time. Is Pip there with you? Yeah, yeah Pip, say hello. Hey, Pip. Uh, Good day. Yep, I could, I could hear it. Send us a photo, Pip. Yeah, that's... Yeah, Lots of photos, but it's you, Macca. All right, good on you. Good on you. Dick, great. Anyway, go on. Go on. Oh, no, anyway, look, to me, people, if you can get out to see Lake Air, I mean, this is a lot of water. We never know. It might never happen again. You never know. And to me, it's just incredibly exciting. Macca, what I couldn't believe, this Air Creek has cut through the sandhills in the reverse direction. And how that ever happened, you wouldn't know. And by the way, there is a rocky crossing. Uh, which maybe the Simpson Desert travellers will be able to get across, but someone would have to test it and see how deep it was. Yeah, well, I think the boys, there were some boys on posty bikes went across the, the Simpson last week. They said they had no trouble, but um, that was last week. Yeah, they would have they would have got across before the uh, Air Creek came down. Now Air Creek's got a lot of water in it. Uh, it will depend... It's interesting, the flood, we left Winton and there's no real flooding until you get down to about Diamantina Lakes National Park and then from then on and of course looking south now we'll soon be into the, it just looks like about 10 sit halves in Bolland's Lagoon and just so much water going down. It's amazing. I'll put some interesting things on uh, on our podcast. You can listen to that uh, later in the week, Dick. But um, um, the bloke out on the Cooper Creek, he said some marvellous things too. Thanks for your call, Dick. It's fantastic. Talk soon. Good on you, mate. Bye-bye. See, Thank you. Bye. There you go. You've been listening to an ABC podcast. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.